everyone. Welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. This is Pastor Lindsay Lee of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. And I am excited. I don't know why I'm yelling way, <laughs> but I am excited about what it is that we're going to talk about tonight. We are going to kind of kick off on something new, but it's just actually, it's an extension of the things that we're talking about in terms of kingdom life relationships. And so we are going to look at something that actually uh, I started releasing probably about two weeks ago in our Sunday service, our Sunday gathering. And I've had the opportunity this week to talk about this topic a little bit more. And I, I think most of you, anybody that knows me understands, I don't like to talk about it unless I'm actually walking it and living it. And that has been the experience that I've been having. So we're going to open in prayer and then I will see the direction of where this is going to take us. Also want to let you know that uh, if you are interested in having copies of the notes that we're going to be using, I'm going to reference from tonight, that the information is there on the Facebook page and all you have to do is reach out to us. I'm sure that Minister Frederick will also put that on there. My notes are kind of uh, marked up, but basically you're going to see something like this. And what they're called is Kingdom Life Lessons, Commission to Fulfill Our Assignment. So I'm going to be pulling from these uh, notes, which are, I'll tell you a little bit more about them a little bit later. But we are going to pull from some of these things and we will follow the leading of the Spirit of the Lord and see where it goes. I'm also going to invite you, if you are a part of our ministry or if you're a friend of our ministry, to please share the broadcast. Sharing is caring. And you can invite other people, tag them to come and join and find out. They may only spend a minute or two and then ask you later, what was that about? But however it is that it happens to be. We believe and we trust that the moment somebody clicks in, that the spirit of God is saying exactly what it is that they need to hear. And or you yourself will be able to receive it and to take it to someone and to help him or her to keep moving forward in life. But let's go ahead and pray and then we will get started on tonight. Wednesday night Bible study, Astounding Love, Global Church Fellowship. If I didn't say it, I'm saying it now. Father, thank you so much for the living word of God, which is you, Jesus. We praise you and we thank you that we are hearing the words, the conversations that go on in heaven and releasing them into the earth, that we're releasing the words of freedom, victory, uh, identity, and on and on, everything that you desire for us to hear. We are releasing into this earth the reality of the supernatural life of the kingdom of God. And I thank you so much for the honor that you have given to me to be able to be one that is a spokesperson on behalf of the kingdom, on behalf of you, to take your word and to have you open it up to me to release it to others is I count it a privilege, a joy, and I am so thankful to you because it's so much fun. So I thank you that the ears of the hearers are anointed, that the hearts are open to receive. Eyes will see in the supernatural realm things that they didn't even know about. And Lord, you're drawing people from the north, the south, the east, and the west to come and hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So... 
Our kingdom life relationship with God is what we're talking about, how to embrace kingdom life and submitting the unsubmitted area. So it's part two of one message, part one of another and kind of a conglomeration, because when I cook, I like to mix different spices and different things. I want to say thank you to our own administrator, super duper Crystal Kemp, because she is behind the scenes taking care of the broadcast itself. And I'm not involved in that part of it. And I also want to say a big hey and thank you to Minister Frederick Johnson, who is our uh, our uh, online uh, minister who is responding. He will paste uh, certain things. And again, if you want a copy of the notes, you can contact us at astoundinglove.org or you can go to our messenger Facebook page or Facebook uh, page and messenger us that way and reach out and say, this is what I would like to have. Uh, having said all that, I am going to kind of work from notes, but I'm also working from the original notes of this Kingdom 101 relationship, which you can still find on our website. And as soon as our website is updated, then these other notes will also be available there. So hello, Kimberly. And um, we're looking forward to seeing the other friends join us. So let's go ahead and start with this. Now, I'm, I'm going to pull some from an old place. And that is when we originally did the overview of the class and the first lesson in Kingdom 101 Relationships, we let it be known that the objective that we had in the journey was to learn or to improve, learn or improve our ability uh, to listen for and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he said, in all of our interpersonal encounters with others, now those are the notes, those are the original notes that you can download uh, from the astoundinglove.org uh, page. So we said that this is more than a mere Bible study because we're not talking topically. We don't talk topically here. We speak about specifics and then we say, let's go for it. Let's find out what the Lord has to say and let's make the changes within ourselves, okay? Let's make, let allow, let's allow the spirit of the Lord to make the changes within us so that we are able to walk in the fullness of what it is that he has to say. All right. The other thing that we wanted to know is that we were looking at learned and developed patterns of obedience, but we're not talking necessarily obedience to God, but obedience to mis, um, misconceptions, obedience to a lifestyle that the Lord never called us to. You know, you can be obedient to, to poverty. You can be uh, obedient to lack. You can obey those things because, and you know how you know that you're obeying because you say what they tell you to say. You follow the script of poverty. You follow the script of, of, of debt. You follow the script of being out of uh, a, a person that cannot be uh, successful in relationships. And you follow it by the words of your mouth. You speak things into existence that God didn't say, but darkness and deception said, and you were being obedient to parrot, to repeat the words. And therefore you see the proof of what you're saying in your life. And it's not even what you want it. So what we want to look at, it's, it's just that important. People think, well, you're so nitpicky about this. And I'm thinking, well, you should be. So, you know, um, I catch, I get caught in things that I say, and it's like, well, is that really what you want? It's like, no, it's not what I really want. Thank you for catching it. Um, uh, thank you for connecting me to the fact that I'm speaking something that is outside of the kingdom of God. It's not what the spirit of God is having to say. So we have to know whether we are obeying God or we're obeying man or we're obeying the devil. And whichever one is, is not God, that's the one you got to eat. Nope. That's that's got to be discarded because I'm only going to obey God. Now, that's kingdom. 
That is not, that's, that's not Christianity. That is not religion. That is not just interpersonal relationships or secular human type of uh, association. This is kingdom life that we're talking about. There is no other life to talk about. Everything else is a poor imitation. So in the process of what we do, we are going to determine what to keep and what to discard. Those are the opening paragraphs in the overview of the Kingdom 101 class. And I advise you, if you do not have it, to go to the website. Minister Frederick will put all that information up and go to that website and get these notes because everything that we're saying, you can uh, print them out, write all over them, ask your questions, pose excellent questions, look at how it's applying in your life, have an ongoing conversation with the Spirit of God to see what it is that needs to be corrected. And you can move into... Uh, a very powerful place because as we go on, we're going to start really taking off and there's going to be a greater demand to say, live the life of the kingdom and all of this other stuff. You're going to stop making excuses for it because that's what you want to do. You want to stop making excuses for mediocrity. You want to stop making excuses for settling for second class life. When if you're in the kingdom, there is no such thing. Yes, I said it. In the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as second class. It's all royalty. Royalty all the way. Yes, I love that. All right. So you you can choose to participate, but once you've made the choice to participate or to walk in the ways of the kingdom, everything about us that is not kingdom has to go through the process of being eliminated. Why is that? Because excellence is the standard of the kingdom of God. He is excellent. And so everything is at his level. And you say, but it's too hard for me to live at that level. It is too hard for you to live at that level, but it's not too hard for him to live at that level. And fortunately, blessedly for us, he abides in us and we abide in him. So I'm way ahead of my notes, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you now that you're going to write this down, write this down, Frederick, and post it. Get rid of your excuses. And just, and don't put the word your, just say, get rid of all excuses. And I want you to write that down because that's a hallmark of walking kingdom life. I don't make any more excuses. I make no allowances for poverty. I make no allowances for failure. I make no allowances for depression and oppression. And allowance means that I would let it come in and settle. If some of that stuff is is currently abiding in your body or in your mind or in your life, then the words of the kingdom will cause those things to shudder, flee in terror, because every time you release a word of the kingdom, you are releasing life as well. All right. Uh, so uh, the basic scriptures that we are using for this come out of Luke chapter four, where we are seeing a radical change in the life of the man known as Jesus of Nazareth. We see in this book, Luke, the book of Luke, and in chapter four, where he grew up in the city of Nazareth and they knew him and they um, interacted with him. They, it may be a town or a village, a little town of Bethlehem, <laughs> where he lived, he was known. So it wasn't a very big place. It was not, it, it was probably more like the town I live in because you can run into people that you know around here all day. At, because we only have one of this and one of that and one of the other kind of markets. So if we're going to 
meet up, if you say meet me at, say, uh, Walmart, we only have one. And so if you want to meet at Walmart, we all know where you're going. Or you say the same thing about some of the other stores, Target or uh, even Safeway, the supermarket. We only have one. We only have uh, what we do have is two dollar stores. We have actually four of those. We have two dollar generals and we have two dollar trees. I don't know why, but we got four dollar stores and everything else is kind of a one of in this area where we live. But regardless, uh, and in that case, we just say which one, the one on this street or the one on that street, you know, and we've got two options, which are one block away from each other. Big city block, big city block. But this is the way that things are. And he lived in such a place where you could run into people that, you know, on a regular basis, whereas where he did a lot of his ministry was in Capernaum and Capernaum was like a metro metropolis. And they, they were like, wow, he's amazing. So it would be the difference between small town and big city. Uh, you know, I live in this little hamlet or I live in this city. And that was kind of the way things were, but in Nazareth, he was known and he was known in the temple where he was, but he was uh, away from the temple for 30 days uh, or 40 days, forgive me, to go off on a wilderness exercise, a time, um, a, a wilderness encounter, some people might call it. Uh, I think about it as being a um, his the launch of his ministry time. And he was going apart, coming apart to learn about who he was, to get his the fullness of his commission and his assignment. And when he came out of this 40 days of this wilderness time, this um, wilderness season that he was in, he came out so changed that for the rest of the course of his life on earth, he fulfilled his mission. He did everything that he was supposed to do. I'm from this period of time, you can mark it because we don't really hear a whole lot about what he was like. We know he was baptized. We know that the spirit of the heavens opened and the, and the spirit of the Lord or spirit of God descended as a dove. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And since most of us think of the dove as representing uh, Holy Spirit, well, Holy Spirit came and, and upon him, he was filled with the spirit of God. He was acknowledged as the son of God. God said, this is my son. I want you to uh, pay attention to him. I want you to know that I am well pleased with him is what he said there later at the Mount of Transfiguration. It was, this is, you see this other change, this last little bit that he did that really brought it over. And there he said, I want you to hear him. But that, that whole evidence of this is my son. And therefore what the father was really saying is, this is a representation of me. When you hear him, you hear me. This is my son. I hope that you guys are able to hear me. I'm seeming to have certain kind of internet issues or timing. So um, prayerfully, the words are coming through, even if um, the track of the video does not align. Uh, so go on again. This is my son, beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, or this is my son, hear him. My son speaks for me. My son sounds like me. My son looks like me. My son is a represent, representation of me. And so if we are, or because we are called the sons of God, we look like him, we act like him, we talk like him, we reflect his image. When you see me, this is what Jesus said, you see my father because I don't do anything other than what it is that my father says. Am I making sense with you? Prayerfully so. All right. So 
Then he says this, uh, in, the basic thing we're talking about is the launch of his ministry is that he was filled, that he was led uh, into the wilderness and he came forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, certain things happened to him over the course of time, over that course of those 40 days. And this is what was key, I think, and also very important. So turn in your Bible and let's go ahead and let's look at Luke chapter four and we're going to see it for what it is saying and what you, if you have electronic Bibles, I would encourage you to also get a paperback or a soft cover or some, or a hard cover, buy a Bible. If you don't have one, if you have a used bookstore, chances are very, very good that you can pick up a Bible for about two or $3 in a used bookstore. I get some of my favorite ones in there and I, I'm very happy about that. So Chapter four, verse one, it says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. So the first thing that you see is that after his baptism, Jesus walked in the degree of obedience that had him following the leading of the spirit of God. All right. That's the first thing. Now I'm going to reference back and forth between my paperback and also I'm using my Bible that gives me access to words really quick. I have uh, the Bible that I use, my paperback Bible, I can do the same thing. I have a concordance in the back of it, and I'm able to look up certain words and, and all the rest. But when you're trying to sit in front of a camera and try to juggle in your little bit of space, it's not as easy to do that. So I'll just stick with, stick with doing it this way. But it says he was full of the Holy Spirit and that he, therefore, then he was led in the wilderness to go and to experience what it is. So you may be in that season or maybe you have been called. I want you to come and go into a season where you will hear only me. I want you to come into a season of, of, of time so that I can tell you about your calling, so that I can tell you about your assignment. Oh, by the way, hey, Florida. So to my friend, Barbara, whom I'm going to spend time with in a couple of weeks, but um. I want you to understand that the Lord is talking to us on a level that we say we want to hear, but we don't necessarily uh, respond to the way that he says. So it says that he was full of the Holy Ghost. He returned from Jordan. And he was led by the spirit into the wilderness and he was being 40 days. It says tempted of the devil. Now, what was the tempting of the devil? If it was probably about, don't you want to eat something? You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm going on a fast and when I'm going on a fast that God didn't call, I, I make it two hours. And then I think, you know what? There's no point to this. God didn't call me for it. So I'm just not, I mean, just weak as water, weak water, weak as tea, I guess, uh, a used tea bag in a, in a pot of tea. Yeah, pretty much like that. Drained of all flavor, just pitiful. When he calls me to it. I have a supernatural ability to walk in this thing because I care about hearing from him. And so it says that he was returned from the spirit. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. That's verse one. And in verse two, it says he was 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. In those two verses are 40 days. 
40 days of being in the presence of the spirit of God, 40 days having been filled with the spirit that you think he was there just starving for 40 days. No, that's not what was happening. There are um, some people would think of him as encounters. These are dialogues, interactions, training. He is spending time in the presence of the almighty God. And what is happening? Well, what I, you'll see it in the notes if you get them, is I was asking or was inquiring of the Lord, well, what really did happen in those 40 days? What did you hear? What did Holy Spirit say to you? What did you experience while you were in that place? And what did he show you? Was the father there? Um, what was it like? How did you resist it? Did you really feel hungry? Because it says for 40 days you were tempted and afterwards you were hungry. So what happened? You were supernaturally kept. Did you drink water? Of course you did. You didn't go 40 days without water. But what was this like for you? Did you know about it ahead of time? Had you ever done a fast before? I mean, I can pepper him with all kinds of questions because I wanted to know, how did you prepare for this? Were you ready? for this you came straight out of being baptized did you get a eat like a hamburger or something on did you get the like we call it the last meal before the fast did, what did you do and and it's you can i'm even as i'm saying the things i'm saying i can feel the smiling and the laughter because I'm, I'm kind of going a little more so than what i did but i really would like to know the answers to those questions it's like wow because you you did these things and so 40 days of the devil. And at this, at this point, he's not really interacting because I'm not spending 40 days listening to the devil. I'm spending 40 days listening to the Holy Spirit, interacting, seeing what I need to see to be prepared for when the devil really finally gets to open his mouth and say something. You know, because if you've ever gone on a fast of, of any particular length, say seven days, 10 days, whatever, then you know that by the second day when your stomach is growling so loudly, you could, it's singing, that by the time you get to day three, you find that you're actually kind of not hungry. Days three through maybe six or seven, you go through without it. You, you don't feel weak. You feel invigorated. You're probably drinking water, lemon water, something. Are you taking vitamins? You're doing something to supplement while you're on it. You may be drinking a broth, beef, beef broth broth or chicken broth or something or veg vegetable broth, something that you're doing because you're not just laying there looking pathetic and sad and starving to death, which is, I don't know. I think some people think that's what it is, but you can hear your first, you hear, eat this. Oh, you don't want to do this. Oh, your flesh is crying. It's screaming. It's having a temper tantrum. But then you start listening. And he, I think, started on day one. What do you want to say to me? And the conversation began. So yes, his body is saying all the things. His physical body is, is subject to hunger and, and all the other stuff in, as, the, as anybody else is. But his spirit was coming, uh, was alive and, and, and inclining his ear to hear from the voice of wisdom. And so he's getting answers to things. And that's kind of a lot of what we have, what we're saying, because whatever, here's what you know, that afterwards, when you look at verse two, which is a 40 day period of time, that afterwards, when the devil finally was heard, that what he has, Jesus, whatever he saw during that period of time, whatever he submitted to in the wilderness, it set his course. And so at the end of that 40 days, when he comes out of this thing, he has come out of 40 days of hearing from the spirit of God. And he has been prepared for every type of temptation. If even if he's possibly been shown what 
is going to happen. But whatever it is, you're ready to pass the test because God puts us in positions to pass the test. And so it says that when we look at verse three, that the devil said, if you're the son of God, command that this stone be made bread. Well, now in a natural sense, that's the kind of thing. If you, if God is really on your side, then you go on ahead. You should be able to do this or that or the other. You should be able to supply for yourself. If God, if you really one of God's people, then you should be able to do thus and so. Well, a son never has to prove their parentage. I was sharing an example earlier today because I've had this conversation a few different times in the last couple of days. And I was uh, sharing this conversation and I said, you know, some people, I remember years ago, my mom, one of my mom's adopted children and uh, we were someplace where the person knew that Dr. Baker's daughter was there. And who, the person that I was with, when, when, the person, when the man that we were talking to said, well, which one of you is actually her daughter? The other person spoke up and said, oh, that would be me. And I didn't say a word. I just looked and I said nothing. And the person is continuing to talk. And then they turned to me and they looked at something like that. And I, I'm not exact on this, but I recall the, in, in, um, the the incident to a certain extent, and they're kind of looking at me like, well, then who are you? And I look back at them like, why do you want to know? And the way that I did not respond, but just kind of looked at them, let that person know, no, you are Dr. Baker's daughter. Why? Because that's the same kind of thing my mother would have done. Because when you see me, you see my mother. When you see me, you'll see her mannerisms, uh, certain phrases I, I use, certain ways that I do certain things, certain looks I even have. You see me, you see my mom. And I don't need to prove to you that I am who, whose child I am. I don't have to, I, I'm not required to do that. If you ask me if I'm someplace where they say my ID is required because I'm going through something, that's great. But I don't care any pieces of paper to say that I'm the daughter of this person and so forth. I've had many people ask me, are you her daughter? Why? Because they see a resemblance, because they see or they hear something that says you're reflecting your parent. Yes, I am. Because that's who I come from. And, and that's so you're going to see that. And that's what Jesus is doing here in this verse where, where he's being tempted. Well, if you really be the son of God, listen to the terms of this. If you are the son of God, then you command that this stone be made to bread. And what is going on in Yeshua is I don't have to prove to you that I'm the son of God. And why would I try to turn a, a rock into bread when all I got to do is ask my father for bread? That is about as dumb as it gets. All right. I don't need to do any little dog and pony show to prove to you my parentage. First of all, it's none of your business. Okay. But even if you feel a need to know, you hide and watch. You'll see my daddy show up. And that's kind of the response he said because he gave an answer, the answer that he had been primed for. Because he said it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Letting it be known. Don't, don't bother me with things like that. You, I know what my father says. I'll tell you exactly. For it is written is another way of saying my daddy says. <laughs> my daddy says, son. You don't live by bread alone. You live by what I say. And what if you do what I say, then you have all the bread you need. And that was the end of that. Now I want to skip, I want to go back up, but I'm just giving you an idea that the whole concept of the challenge was of identity. If you really be the son of God. Well, when you have identity in the kingdom, when you know who you belong to, you don't ever respond to an idiotic 
challenge or a demonic challenge, if you will. You, you don't have to respond because the father will respond for you. And this is what he learned. He learned how to answer. Uh, he learned how in, in, in that period of time, he learned how not to defend himself. He learned that the father, that the words that his father has spoken would always defend him, would always stand up for him, would always speak on his behalf. That was one of the lessons that he learned. The Holy Spirit, while he's in the wilderness, his course had been set. And he didn't waver from it when the temptation came. So it's the same way for us as this body of Christ. We experience the divine reset. Um, what we are doing is because this sonship that we're talking about, let me have the title again of what we're talking about tonight. And I want to point back to the topic, okay, that we are talking about relationship and we're talking about the relationship with God as sons. How do we as sons reflect uh, what it is? Our relationship with God, how we are embracing kingdom life and we are submitting to the unsubmitted areas. Okay. So it's the second part. The unsubmitted areas would be areas, thank you, where you want to try to prove to somebody who you are. You don't have to do that. He is evident in us. He will show up and let himself be made known. So the other thing that he, one of the other things that he was learning and that he's taught that we're picking up from this, because we are talking about being the corporate body of Christ. We are talking about not being an individual trying to do their own thing in the kingdom, but instead doing your assigned thing in the kingdom that adds to the overall thing of the kingdom, the corporate um, pronouncement, the corporate picture of the kingdom of God, many parts of one body, but it's only one body. Well, God gave me this vision or I have this vision. No, what he showed you is a picture of what he wants you to do to participate in the overall building, the structure of the kingdom of God. But we're only establishing one kingdom. There's only one kingdom message. So you can't say, well, Pastor Lanzine preaches the kingdom this way and somebody else preaches the kingdom that way and somebody else. So there's many ways to preach the kingdom. No, there's only one. There's only one kingdom kingdom of God. There's only one message of the kingdom, but the different aspects of it should all still have that same, uh, if you will, the same connection, the same sound. When we talk about resonance, when we talk about melody, when we talk about harmony, or you talk about a, a, a beautifully set chord, you're going to hear different parts of the same sound, the, the chord of C. Um, if you will, C-E-G, you're going to hear all three parts of one chord, one overall thing. It's one accord, being in the same sound, being on the same frequency, resonating from the same source, the Father and the heart of the Father. The love of the Father could be one, one note. The, the peace of God is another note. Uh, the 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 faithfulness of God would be another note. The joy of the Lord would be another note. But when you put them all together, they have the resonating, full-bodied, harmonious sound of the kingdom of God. And that is what it's like for all of us. We cannot be about individuality on this level. That's why there is no, just as the scripture will tell you that there is no male or female 
um, Gentile or Jew, there's not this or there's that, or scribe or uh, a, a Scythian or barbarian, but all are one in Christ. Because in the kingdom, all of the old cloaks, the beggar's cloak, the 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 poor man's thing, the 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 victimized person, the entitled one, all of those coats have to come off. When we come into the kingdom, we are all clothed in the righteousness of God. He provides the wardrobe as well. And so that's part of the relationship of being a son of God that, you know, my identity is as a son. It is not, you know, there is no um, the black sons of God, the white sons of God, the the Mexican sons of God or the I'm going to stay with color, the yellow sons of God, the brown sons of God, the red sons of God, the pink sons of God. No, it's the sons of God. It's the sonship is the color that we wear. Sonship is the clothing that we are all attired in. And so when he says the spirit of adoption, which is the spirit of sonship, I have given that to you, that's Romans chapter eight, then therefore you're come, you've come out of everything that you were identified with, the identity of being all of the ethnicities, the identity of being all of the, the, the uh, I don't know, the little clusters, even the Baptist or the Pentecostal or the, you know, uh, Presbyterian or whatever it is. No, in the kingdom, all of that stuff falls to the side, denominationalism and, and, and colorist, this, that and the other. The house that you live in is the house that you live in. And you do all the kingdom things from that house. But when you bring it all together and identify it, it has one name and it is kingdom. I'm thinking of a movie that I, I, I really enjoy watching this film and I watch it probably or I watch parts of it at least pretty much every every year. And the film, there's there's a couple of different ones, but one of the films, the film I'm thinking of right now was based upon the United States hockey team going to the film is called miracle and um where they played against uh the, the russians and the other uh the russians who they beat but ultimately to uh in the olympics and there's a scene that is very famous and i've listened to the former athletes themselves talk about how that really did happen where they kept asking he would ask them what is your name and they would say their name and he say, who do you play for? And they would name the college that they went to. They would say, I play for um, Boston University or this one or that one. I'm a hockey player and my name is such and such. And I play for, and they would name their school. And it would go over and over and over every time he asked them. And he didn't say anything. So this particular night, all these individual college students that were coming together to form this little Olympics team, but they were not a team because they still all had a loyalty someplace other than where they were gathered together. And he did this scene, the scene's called Again. And if you've ever seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. Again and again and again, he had them skating back and forth. They were in an arena where the guy wanted to lock up and he would not let them go. He, they were getting sick. I mean, it was just terrible. They were tired again, skated again and again. Since you didn't play the game, this is how you're going to do it. And finally, at the very end, when it's like, I think we're going to die or something, one of the guys just stood up and he called out his name. And he, you know, he said, this is my, you know, he said his name. And the coach looked back at him and he said, who do you play for? And he said, United States of America. And when he said that, the coach told them, all right, good night, gentlemen. 
And that was the end of it. Why? Because, and that young man became the captain of the team. All right. And I could tell you his name and all that, but that's not my point today. The point is, is that you can call kingdom and still say Baptist. You can say kingdom and still say I'm black. You can say kingdom and still talk about your oppression. You can say kingdom and still talk about how you're mistreated by other people. You can claim kingdom and keep talking about all of the ills of the, with the poverty and the, and the this and the this and how the people of the body, I, I cry out the woman card. They ignore me because I'm a woman. They do this because of this. You cry kingdom all day long and keep pointing back to where you came from not where you are. And that's what lets you know, no, you're not ready for the, for the assignment to fulfill because you still live as a victim. You still live from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You are not living from the tree of life. When you come in to kingdom and you live from this place, you throw off all, throw aside. And Paul said it, no, no, I used to be this and I used to be that and I used to be the other. But in order for me to fulfill the call and the assignment, the commission of heaven, I must lay aside every weight and sin that used to beset me. I must give up all of these other things to take on my identity as a citizen of the kingdom, as a son of the kingdom of God, because that's who the citizens are of the kingdom of God. They are the sons of God. If I have any questions, please feel free to post them. This is really important. It's the overview. I teach, I have the same notes. I've taught from these notes three times now. This is the third time. I don't teach it the same way any at any given moment. I can read these things, but the spirit of the Lord is saying, this is what I want you to understand. When you have the relationship with God as a son, that's when you start manifesting the power of the kingdom really ahead of my notes. So let me go back <laughs> to, I guess I'm on really paragraph one, two, three, or point number four. We experience divine reset to be on course as one body. What am I talking about right now? This is the divine reset. You're going to have to reset. And he's the one that does it. We reset the way that we think. We reset from how we've been thinking, but we've been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. That's what we're talking about here. And otherwise, it's a lot of people doing their own thing. And divine reset is what puts us all in the same process together. Let me get my straw in the right place. So have my tea. Okay. No questions, huh? All right, then let's keep going. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you receive this message? Are you willing to give up your um, so-called rights, your soulish rights? Let's call them that. Are you willing to give up your choices to only have people deal with you the way you want to be dealt with? Are you willing to give over uh, the pride of an ethnicity that will keep you forever tied to the ways of the world? And you have to let it go. Um, I'm going to tell you something about the notes. If you happen to get them, it will say at the bottom of them that they're Kingdom 202 manuscript notes. This is my first book. Kingdom 101. And I am now in, in the process of getting all my notes together to uh, be able to, to release by the end of this year, Kingdom 202, because this is, which is the talking about sonship, um, the reality of the sonship. 
that's what we're talking about here. So you're getting a really good preview and you've even gotten, it won't be exactly that, but you're getting at least the notes that I use to bring this stuff together. So Leslie, I see that you said, yes, you're ready. Anybody else ready? Because there's a number of you on there. And even if it's after the broadcast, answer the question for yourself. You can put it up in writing, but you got to answer it because um, to say no, to say nothing is to say no. Well, no, I meant that I was going to do it. Then why wouldn't you? You're going to say, uh, I'm going to step into a change. I'm going to step into being something more than I have been. All right. Um, so here it is. We are again, I'm going to talk about more. This is I'm talking right now about divine reset to be on course as one body. This is about the corporate body of Christ, the corporate son, the pattern that Jesus has laid out that we are that, that is who we are. And it's a lot of people that have been doing their own thing, been so concerned about what's going on in their own lives. Well, this is happening, this is happening, that, and we're all experiencing things. I did not tell you, and I'm not, I would never be so careless as to say, well, just ignore what's happening. You know, what I, I want to give you an idea of something. How about the family issues? How about the financial issues? How about the emotional issues? How about the orphan issues? How about all of the issues in life that you're dealing with, that you stop dealing or dealing is a good, great word, like cards, I guess. How about you stop trying to solve the issues from the position of an earth citizen and instead start looking at your life from the point of view? of a kingdom citizen or the son of God, which is the same. Now let's keep going and I'll see what, I'll show you what I mean. Life in the Holy Spirit led wilderness season is what we're talking about. And that when you read the note, that's what it says. Life in the Holy Spirit led wilderness season. The Holy Spirit led him into this wilderness season is training in excellence, training in excelling in everything. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever thought or considered that you could be Number one, in the things that you do in life, did it ever, ever um, occur to you that you could actually be the number one, the winner in everything that you put your hand to? How about Deuteronomy uh, 28, where he says that you will be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Have you ever thought about being the head in everything that you do and above and not beneath in everything that God has called you to do? Have you thought about being one of the, the best employee on your job, the number one salesperson, the award-winning this? Have you ever considered that mayhap you've been put in the places that you've been put to show everybody else the way of the kingdom and to do things at a level that is so high, that is so uh, above how you have been. Did it ever occur to you that you have been called out of mediocrity, that just darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son who never walked in mediocrity, who never walked as second best, who doesn't even have a concept of being a second class citizen because he is a kingdom citizen, which means that I am royalty and we don't come say there is no second place in the kingdom of God. There is no second group, second this and that. There is no second. There is the preeminence of the father and all of us in the son. And so it's something that I want you to start to consider, especially 
if you've been told you're last in this category, you're the lowest class this, you are like so outside of the thing, man, they ain't even be pointing you trying to show up because you're so far from winning. There's no point in you even showing up for the game, showing up for the activity because you don't have what it takes, but you have who it takes to change you. I want you to consider that when you entertain the belief that you will never be anything more than you already are, that when you entertain the idea that you cannot excel in things that have challenged you, that you are considering or thinking from a wrong source, you are obeying the wrong voice because God did not say that. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing, which means with him, I can do everything. Jesus said, with God, this is impossible. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So with man, yeah, I'm with man. So it's impossible. But no, I'm with God. All things are possible. What do we specialize in, in the kingdom of God? We specialize in the impossible. Jesus of Nazareth proved that. I came to do the impossible. So let's keep going. Barbara, the question was, um, Have you consider, are you ready to make the change? Are you ready to divest yourself of the cloaks and the coats that you've been wearing that solve life, uh, that the, the cares of life deal with them from the earthly natural perspective and to start looking at them from the kingdom. Something along those lines is what I said, but the replay will, will tell you what I really said. All right. So life in the Holy Spirit led wilderness season was his training in excellence. And it is for us too. And we are taught to obey on a level that we have never obeyed before. We are taught to trust from the kingdom point of view. We are trust, taught to believe from the kingdom point of view. And this teaching is seared into your conscience so much. So it is, or rather ingrained, planted, absorbed in you so greatly that you lose the ability to be mediocre. You lose the ability to be falsely humble. You lose the ability to put down God's creation and the spirit of God alive on the inside of you. You absolutely just lose it. In fact, you almost become a little tiresome to people, except that you become their answer because, or the answer of God that has been sent to them because you don't know how to lose. Have you ever thought about being somebody that doesn't know how to lose? And I'm not talking to you gamblers. I'm talking to those of you that will commit. Once you commit to this, you have to give up the idea that you could ever lose again <laughs> because God doesn't know how to do that, which means when I pray, I don't pray blanks. It means when I speak something, I expect it to happen. It means that I'm going to become so ingrained. I'm so instructed by the spirit of God to learn how to be me, <laughs> the me that I am, that I don't know how to be anything else, which means I don't know how to be the counterfeit me that I've lived at for these 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years. Whatever it is, if you're still here, you got time. So uh, those are some of the thoughts that I want to challenge you with. Are you getting excited about this just a little bit? Because what I'm speaking <laughs> is the adventure of the lifetime. It's the journey that we are to have and we are to live this thing out in excellence. It doesn't matter how you start it. Matters how you finish because you're going to start with excellence. That's how you start. This is the start right here. This is the beginning. And it's the intelligence of the kingdom 
This is who you are. This is how it works. And this is what Jesus was experiencing in Luke chapter four, in that first verse, that second verse. This is over 40 days. This kind of talk right here. Somebody telling you these type of things, you won't lose any battle. What? Oh, no. You won't lose the battle with hatred. You won't lose the battle with offense. You won't lose the battle with anger. You won't lose the battle with poverty. You will not lose the battle. No matter what comes against you, you will always come out triumphant. It is our God who allows us, by my God, I can run through a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. <laughs> By my God, <laughs> it only takes 40 days. That's all it took Jesus. I, I don't know. Do you think it should take longer? He gave 40 committed days. 40 days of giving the Father. I don't know if your day would be an hour long. I don't know if it would be one solid hour, um, two solid hours in a day. Uh, I, my lunch period at work, 15 minutes in the morning, my lunch time in the afternoon and 15 minutes before or I'll fast dinner. And I would rather over this course of time, I'll fast dinner this week or I see um, whatever it happens to be. It's something that you're saying, I'm I want this. I want this 40 day wilderness season to launch for me. Am I, am I making, no, I love it, Chris. Uh, it's a great question. And, and, and it is, is it take 40 days? I would ask the Holy Spirit because I don't know. Remember a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. And so I don't know how much of the day it's going to take, but here's the awesome part. Lord, I would like the equivalent of these 40 days, but I can step out of time to do it. Mm, that's another topic, but, <laughs> but you can, you can, you can, if he's calling you to it, it's because it's time to do it. Consider that. If he's calling you to it, it's time. It's time to prepare for it. It's time to, you know, have your conversation with the spirit of the living God and find out how do you want to transform me? Remember, you know, when Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, it didn't take 40 days. When Moses went to get this and there's all kinds of 40 days uh, uh, experiences and things that happen in the word of God. What I'm talking about here is what I'm reading. And then the spirit of the Lord interprets it for each of us separately. Yes. If he's calling you to it, it's time to do it. I'm being so cute and not even trying. All right. I've got about 11 minutes that I want to spend on this. Um and then we'll go on next week, by the way, I'm going to have Crystal on camera with me along with Geneva Neves Hollis, who's going to, or Denise, why do I do that? Anyway, Jenny is going to come and we're going to have this dialogue party of three. The following week, the ministers are going to come together along with Crystal and Geneva, and they're going to have a conversation and they're going to talk about whatever it is they talk about. But I'm giving you some things and then I'll come back after that and we're going to talk about this some more. All right, we're going to see, I'm going to ha have people go, wow, let, this is how I'm seeing it. This is, this is what's this. This is what's this. But if you're going to, I'm going to say it this way. We have talked kingdom. We have talked kingdom. We have talked kingdom. Show me what you're working with. That's what is the world needs to see. Show me what you're working with. Show me what this kingdom of God is like, because it makes you different. You do stand out, but you're prepared for it and see if you come back going where well, they hurt my feelings or this and that and the other in any area 
your preparation is not complete because what Jesus did, what Jesus did is um, he completed the training and he slammed it. Man, he nailed this thing. He really did. No pun intended, but he did. So let's finish looking at this and then uh, I guess we'll be done for tonight uh, if I have any questions. Okay. Um, he was taught to obey, to trust, to believe on heaven's level, which means you're going to walk this thing not as you have known the natural way, what you have heard. And you know how he said this even in Matthew 6. You have heard that it was said, but I say unto you. Why? Because in his time, you have heard that it was said, but this is what I'm going to tell you. How do I know? Because he told us, I'm only going to tell you what the father said. And the father said, you know, the law, you know, you've heard that it was said, you've heard the, the laws and the prophets and you've heard these things. But now what the Lord said to him, he then said to us, but now I say unto you that it's going to be this way. So you've heard all of these things in the natural, but I'm going to tell you what the kingdom says. That's exactly what we were seeing in Matthew chapter six, uh, what Matthew five and so forth. This is what he was doing when he came out of that thing. In, in I think it's Matthew chapter four, where this same thing is going on or Matthew five. It was the same thing. You've heard that it was said, but it is written this way. Yeah, I hear what you're telling me, but this is not going to be the way. And this was what he did. He went to Holy Spirit school, wilderness school for 40 days. And he had already, though, remember, studied over all the other time as a rabbi. He knew the law and the prophets. And now the spirit of the Lord is telling him, but this is how it really is. That's what has been taught. But I'm going to give it to you from heaven's point of view. And so not as you have known about obeying, not as you have known about trusting, not as you have known about believing, not as you have known about being how to be a good Jew or a good Baptist or a good Presbyterian or a good Pentecostal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not that way. Not according to the traditions of man, not according to the traditions of the denomination or the group or the cluster that you're a part of, but according to the point of view of creator, possessor of the heavens and the earth. I want you to see it my way. And there is no other way after this. Once you learn this, you throw everything else out. That's what the father was saying. That's what Holy Spirit had to be telling him in that wilderness time. And so here it is. He says, not as we've known, heaven's standard heaven's point of view. That's their standard of kingdom living. Heaven's standard is the only standard I have. Heaven's point of view is the only way that I see. You check it out. You look at, read the gospels, read the accounts of what Jesus of Nazareth uh, said. Look as you read through the rest of the book, the history of the church, starting the book of Acts and going on through. Look at the transitions that these men that were called of God that walked with Christ. Look at the transitions that they made. Look at the way that even, and then when they misunderstood something, somebody else had a piece of it and said, no, this is not it. And together, that doctrine of the apostles was precisely what the king said. And even when they were like, well, what do we do about this, the woman question or this, they had to come together and they had to hear from the father.
So that you have to read even the things that have been interpreted religiously to put people in bondage. If it puts people in bondage, if the teaching puts the women of the church in bondage, if the teaching puts the men or the marriages in bondage, it did not come from God because there is no way on this planet, there's no way in heaven that God ever created anything to put man in bondage. Jesus didn't come to put you in bondage. He came to free us. You understand? So religion will bind you up. But the truth of the kingdom makes you free. So I'm really excited about this. He said again, this is my son. Hear him. That came forth because the son heard the father. And he had something to say. Whatever I hear my father say, I'm going to say. Whatever I see my father do, that's what I do. I'm my father's son. So I'm going to ask you a question. What are you saying? You see, Hebrews 12, verse 8 is talking about the disciplines. And it tells us that if we don't walk in these, let, let me look at that real quick. And then I'll, I'll come from that. Um, winding down now. Da, 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 la. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 8. Um, let me go to 12, verse 5, Hebrews chapter 12. It says, you've forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. That's what you're experiencing right now because I'm totally challenging the religious ideas and the bondages that even church groups, good people, but really wrong about the things that we've done. And 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 when we tell you, you got to this. Well, anyway, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> if you don't just ask the question, did you mean this? And I'll tell you yes or no. But he says, my son, don't despise the chastening of the chastening of the Lord and don't faint when you are rebuked. Don't act like a little whiny baby. <laughs> um, you know, quit tripping. Um, I will give it to you even in the Passion Translation. We should we all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers, bastards, and not sons, really. Okay. It, and isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers, even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect, honor for uh, God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Are you with me on that part so far? Okay, let me keep going. Um That was verse eight uh, that I read. We should all welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons or bastards. Going, to, I'll go up to verse seven. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. Well, who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? Verse six, for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves that you are his delightful child. And verse six or five, and have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get too depressed when he has to correct you. So that's what I'm telling you in terms of what we're even talking about right now. Don't get depressed over it. <laughs> don't feel like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just so not fair. It's just so not fair. No, no. He's he's doing something for you and in you. And, and through you, because he's saying, now it's time for you to grow up in all things into Christ. It's time for you to be seen in this earth the way that I 
I, I put I sent you here to be. I'll have to pick up on the rest of this uh, at another time. I don't know, Chris, maybe we'll do this with Jenny uh, as well, or uh, we'll do something. To, no, we'll do this. Okay, so this is my son. Hear him. And it came forth because the son heard the father and he obeyed him. Obedience is a part of the royal identity and conduct. You do what the king says, you obey the king. And he had, the son had something to say. That's why he says, my son, hear my son. He has something to say. So I asked you a question. What are you saying? Are you saying what the king says? This is lifestyle. It's not um, pokey pokey, step in and step out. When you're in, you're in, and you don't step out. It's a total transformation. It's an absolute commitment. Yes, there's going to be hardship. This is one of the things he told him. Um, the assignment was is the divine purpose and reason that Jesus came. It is the living out of our story. Who do I obey? We talked about that earlier. Who do you obey? Because this is what you want to do. I want to, I obey God. And so Psalm 119 verse six, I'm sorry, Psalm 139 verse 16 tells you um, that you are going to walk this thing out according to the book that he wrote about you. Before I was even born, you had already written these things in the book. And so you're going to understand, and Jesus did understand the implications. He understood the instructions. He understood everything that the father was uh, saying to him. Okay. He understood it all and he walked accordingly. All right. Are you with me? Ending it up. Last part. I'm right at an hour. Should I stop or should you want me to go on for 10 more minutes? <laughs> I mean, where did that 11 minutes go? <laughs> You know what? I forgot. I'm I'm only on our Facebook. I'm gonna take just a, I'm gonna take the liberty of of I don't want to leave you hanging. So I, I would take the liberty. <laughs> okay, let me do this. I'm trying to use my computer here because I, I'm sure y'all know I sit in front of it, but my mouse is I don't know where it went. So I I can't even uh the move. I'm not able to move this cursor the way I want to. All right, let me let me finish up. I will skip to another spot in the notes. And then we'll go on from there. Okay, thank you. I saw you. I'll go. Jesus understood some instructions. The first thing he understood was that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth and that his living out his life was from a finished place. This thing that had already taken place even before he physically hit the earth was also a part of this thing that he was he it, it was already set in place for him to do so he understood this and so he understood that everything that he's being taught by the spirit of god while he's in the wilderness is to say that within the mission within the mission is that you're going to do all that you must do what you must meaning do what you're told to do do, follow your instructions walk in obedience you must do all that it entails to become resurrected not to become crucified. You're obeying. You're going to call. You're going to challenge. Be in the face of the of the uh, Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of these religious leaders. You're going to say the truth, which is going to offend the the spirit that they've been listening to, the spirit of religion. You're going to be a challenge to them. You are going to be. Uh, really an irritant and you're going to have to continue even in the face of when it seems like nobody likes you, you're going to stay in love and you're going to stay on course. And this is what he had. You're going to do all that it takes. Your objective is to be resurrected. That's what this is about. You're living 
here, here, you did not come to die. You came for resurrection power. The Bible doesn't tell us we were supposed to have uh, power and the ability to die. It's the power and ability to get up. Resurrection power that raises things up, that causes dead things to uh uh, the dead of the world to be buried, but the but the things that that need had been dormant to come alive, and you use that power to bring dead people into life. That's what it is. You you're here it's for about resurrection life. That's what your mission is. That's that's a part of the overall. So you must do what it entails, all that it entails to become resurrected, because death was not his assignment. Death was just part of the process. Again. Death was not the assignment of Jesus. He came to die. No, dying was part of the process. He came to be resurrected so that we too could live again. That's what he was here for. He, he, he came for. The kingdom assignment is resurrection, redemption, and restoration through the mantle of sonship. He came to be a son, the son on the earth. He came to show what it's like to be the son of God. He came to demonstrate to us because we are that we are the body of that same son. And he is saying, this is you. I'm showing you a reflection of yourself. This is how you live. This is how you walk this out. Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 11 in the message translation. I've quoted pretty often. Watch how I do it. Learn uh, from me. Watch how I do it. I'm ready to teach you. I'm ready to show you how to live this life because I want you to be able to walk this life out without being in, uh, fettered. I want you to live according to original intent. That's my last point that I'm going to say. The kingdom of assignment is resurrection, redemption, restoration through the mantle of sonship. And if you're following, when you follow along, if you listen to this again, According to the, follow, get the notes first and follow along with these notes. You'll come to the second page and we're on point number four. And then I'm going to go into this last little bit. And that's where you'll be if you follow along with the notes. He said that um, you grow up in all things. According to Ephesians 4, 13 through 32, you need to read the scriptures. You're called to have an excellent spirit to walk in excellence in ethics, in your convictions, in your actions, in your response to situations, in all things, you walk in excellence. He had to walk and live out the finished work storyline that led to completion on earth as in heaven. That's what it was about. Resurrection on earth as in heaven. In other words, heaven's life. Um, resurrection life is the life of heaven on earth. And that's what he did. And so he lived, he, he was teaching us um, the storyline that led to completion was to live from the tree of life instead of living from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We have lived from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's why you can keep pointing back to the things of your past. Why you can tell me about your, um, I'm, and I'm not mocking you. But hear what I'm saying. You can tell me about being bipolar. You can tell me about being obese. You can tell me about being perpetually broke. You can tell me about how you never learn well. How come you don't read? You can tell me all of the problems, all the issues of your ethnicity. You can tell me about what it's like to be black in America or white in America, or there is no white privilege. There is no black privilege. There is no, there is no this. People who are, um, uh, st uh, steeped in it, they will get angry at me for saying what I'm saying and say that I have no concept of reality. And I'll tell you right back to your face, you have no concept of kingdom. Yeah, I said it. Because if you want to call the reality of the hellishness of the way people treat you on earth as the reality of life, you don't know the kingdom. You don't know the king. 
because there is, we were not called to live subject to the ways of Satan. We were called to bring forth the life of the kingdom and change the atmosphere and to put to death the things that have oppressed people that don't walk in the power of the kingdom. Now, if I look at that scripture and you do in Luke, if you go back to that real quick here, Luke chapter four, again, remember that the Bible says that he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. But it says down here in verse 14 that he returned from the wilderness in the power of the spirit. He returned in the power of Holy Spirit. And so what does that tell you? That it's not enough to be led or filled and led. It's not enough to just be in a wilderness experience. You come forth in the power and from that moment on you live from the power of Holy Spirit and we never come out of it. That's why we never lose. That's why we overcome in everything. The power of Holy Spirit is the overcoming power to put to death everything that tries to come against you. It doesn't let you be pulled back into the reality of life on the natural soulish level. You live from the tree of life, not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what that is. Low life. No, I live from life. He is the tree of life. He is the resurrection. He is. That's what he said. I am the resurrection. Why is that important? Because that's what he's saying. Whatever I feed upon, that's what I become. So I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am peace. I am love. I am joy. He is the I am of I am, right? I am everything that God says that I am. That's our testimony. I got preacher friends that are reading this and going, oh, this is going to preach. The anointing of it, the power of the truth of the kingdom of God is a, the reality, uh, is, is what checks reality of, of the world at the door to bring us into the fullness of who we were called to be. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to have to stop now. <laughs> I can teach this for hours. I, can, I really can. And that's why I'm writing the book. So <laughs> you can read it. I taught some of this actually in the Loving Unity Zoom. I share, I got an opportunity to share from these notes um, yesterday. They didn't um, have an opportunity to record it. And so, but I was happy that I kind of I use my phone and I record it myself because I wanted to be able to jot down some notes and things of it. And um, but the funny thing was that I was so blessed to be amongst this company of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And one of the neat things about it was that one of the apostles, I won't name drop him right now, but he always, always has this, you know, he 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 oozes as far as I'm concerned, kingdom. And for him to say, this is the kingdom, is recognition. And I know you saying the same thing. I recognize this is the kingdom. I've never heard this before. Oh, you've heard things. But what we're talking about is the authenticity, that our lives are the hallmark. And, and you're a kingdom citizen because you're a son. You're a son. And this, again, the citizens of the kingdom are the sons of God. They're not um, strangers. They're not bastards. They're not people living outside. They're not people looking outside. And that's what Jenny and, and Crystal and I are going to talk about 
is understanding, recognizing where you may still have the mindset of the bastard, the one that's outside of covenant, when you're actually in reality a part of the kingdom of God. Um, do I have any questions? I'll answer two if I if I get them real quick. He had to walk and to live out the finished work storyline that led to completion on earth as it is in heaven. And again, it's living from the tree of life. That's a topic. All, it's a chapter, three chapters all by itself. And I'm looking forward to the way that the Holy Spirit opens it up. But you know what? You don't have to wait for somebody to write a book. He'll write. It's written on your book. It's written on your heart. It's not about selling a book. It's about buying into uh, and, and a listening, really letting the kingdom, the message of the kingdom of God transform you into, uh, or well, let me say it this way. Living from the tree of life is original intent. It's being restored. It's being uh, redeemed or the redemption. It's the resurrection. It is the um, restoration. It's all of those things. It's all the R words. It's you the real you, the authentic you, which is the son of God. It is, um, Jesus was trained. He was instructed. He was saturated. He was shown. He was prepared to live out all the rest of his days without sin and without failing. He went to bed every day, having won every victory, overcoming every obstacle, no matter what it was, no matter what the level, we don't have the money to pay the taxes. Oh yeah, we do go fishing. Uh, we don't have this. What about this? What about that? He was never without the answer because the answer came from the father and he saw what the father did because he was trained to watch. I, I only do what I see the father do. He was trained to look, look and see what the father wants. He was trained not to rush when they brought the naked woman and threw her at his feet he didn't have the answer right away but he waited until he did he was looking he was seeing he's looking down so that he didn't look twice he was not defiled by by the vision of her and all of the things that, that were so and the disciples were trained to cover that woman and to do the things that were necessary so that when the spirit of the lord made it very clear this is what i want you to do see he was trained to ask the spirit of god he was trained not to panic he was trained not to be angry and and, and 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 sin. He was trained not to hold a grudge. He was trained not to be offended. He was trained to walk in forgiveness. He was trained to always release love. He was shown how to do it. He was instructed in it. He was saturated in it. He was shown what it looked like. He was prepared for it. And then all of the things that he said were our instructions. This is how you do it. Okay. This is how it, it works in the kingdom. And to live from the tree of life, would anybody like the definition uh, a simple definition of this, because I think it's really fun. I'm on purpose asking questions that make you have to answer. <laughs> um, one of the things it is uh, while I'm waiting for an answer is that manifested obedience. When he finished the fast, which is what he did, he finished that 40 days out and he did it from day one to day 40, the way that the father wanted it done, which means he finished the fast manifesting obedience and he made no excuses to quit early. He was prepared for the temptation to eat and to do things naturally or the way that he might want to have done it. He was trained um, he, that even though he was hungry, that he allowed heaven to be a source for food. Remember, we saw that not the stone because he knew he could ask his father. All right. The answer, I saw the yeses. Okay. What does it mean to live from the tree of life? It means to live as if we had never eaten from the other tree. It means that you can be, that if you've been forgiven for your sins, you live as though you never did. 
It means that you are free from the traps of the past. It means that you're no longer victimized by what you used to do. And anybody that sees you as, I remember you because you did this and so, it's like, well, I don't resemble that remark. I don't really remember those things. See, I live as though I had never eaten from the wrong tree. I eat, I live as though I have no knowledge of good and evil. I don't mean that you don't recognize what evil is. I mean that you don't recognize evil as having, having any part in it. Means, and we'll go into that some more. I think I got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of fun. We're going to enjoy this. We're going to, this is a kickoff. I'm going to, we're going to be doing things a lot differently for the Wednesday night Bible studies, but I'm going to stick with this. And um, we're going to be talking about this for a while. This is about relationship as a son. This is about, and that's the other part of living from the tree of life is living as a son, living as the son of God, living as one that never sinned, living as one that is not connected to the things of the past. Well, they did this to me and they did that to me. I don't even know what it means. It's like, yes, I was raped, but I don't remember what it's like to be raped. So I don't live as a victim of rape. I live as though I never were. I don't know. I This happened to me. I was robbed. This happened. I was divorced. Um, I was abandoned. I was rejected. And I know that's in the lint. It's there. It, it those Those circumstances actually occurred to me. But I don't live as though I'm still touched by it. I don't live victimized by it. I don't flinch from it. I don't walk in fear. I had a trashy relationship. I was thrown out like a piece of trash. Oh, the agony of it all. <laughs> but I'm not afraid that that's ever going to happen to me again. Because the person that that happened to was one that lived according to the knowledge of good and evil. I don't have any concept of that. It's not where I live from. I live from above where there is no evil, good and evil, con comparing. There's only God. There's the king. That's where I live from. And so I make my decisions based on that. It means I don't judge you because I've seen this kind of, I've been burned by you before and I know what people were like and I see that thing. So I ain't going to let nobody do me that way. I don't live there. I don't live from there. I live from the tree of life. I live from everything that I hear my father say I do. Everything I see my father do. That's how I emulate. That's how we roll. That's how we do what we do. This kingdom life of ours is not like life on earth. It's life on he from heaven into earth. I live on earth as heaven. So that's it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I have a lot more to say, but that's all I'm going to say. That's it. Okay. We've gone one hour and 17 minutes. Yay. <laughs> Thank you all. I can feel you pulling this, but you've got enough to just, you know, get started. Just talk to the spirit of the Lord about all the things, all the notes that you've taken. Talk to him about um, everything it is that he has to say and what he wants you to, to hear from him. Just do that. Just, just do that. Let's resonate in that, be together in that. All right. And then we can go. You're very welcome, Frederick. You're welcome. 
all of you welcome. And thank you for your interactions, Florida. Thank you, California. Thank you, New York and anybody else, wherever, you, if you watch this later, and I pray you do and share it, share with a friend, share it with your fellow church members, share it. This is the message of the kingdom of God. He is second to none. And again, I'll end it with this. Consider the idea of the rest of your life being without failure. Oh, the concept of that. As he is, so are we in this world. Where you can point to Jesus failing, well, then you can fail. But Christ in you is the hope of glory. God never fails. Love never fails. And so love will work in the areas in our lives where we have been dismal failures, where we have I, 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 you know, I, I'm not able to get my feet. I'm not able to, but that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What if you were trained to think, <laughs> I got to be careful here. I'm starting something else, but what if you were trained to believe that you never lose? How different would your life be? What if you were trained for 40 days, for 60 days, for 100 days, one day at a time, to see the impossible manifesting everywhere you go? Because you only go where God wants to go to manifest the impossible. What if you allowed yourself to believe that as a vessel of the almighty God, only God's will was seen and manifest means the truth is seen that, that you, that the relatives, that the neighbors, that the finances, that the city that you live in, that the scenarios that you've been called to, what if you were to believe that because you've been sent there, things are about to change for everybody. If you really believed God's kingdom has come. <laughs> well, let's find out. My name is Lindsay Lee. I'm the pastor of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship. I have gotten an opportunity. I had an opportunity today to spend time with a wonderful group of people. That would be you. To share just some of the things that are rolling around in my spirit that I honestly believe, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it manifests, not only through me, but also through you. For the kingdom of God is here. This is 101, going into 202, sure. But we are living the reality of the kingdom of God. And that means that if they're not saying what God says, they're not right. It's wrong. There is a right, there is a wrong. What God says is right. Everything else is wrong. Let God be true. Every man be a liar. It is possible for you to live out impossible scenarios. The Bible shows us that. The life of Christ proves that. And it's our turn to do just that. Because that is going to light up the face of the Father. He delights in showing and flexing his power through us. If you're in, all right then. Looking forward to it. I'll see you next week with Christo and Jeannie. And um, <laughs> those of you that are part of our house, I'll see you on Sunday. I love you, Astoundingly. Oh, it's Wednesday night. Remember the tithes and offerings. 
<laughs> I am just enjoying this. I'm sitting here. I got to tell you before Crystal takes me offline and I'm enjoying the presence of God and everything that he is saying, because lest I be remiss, the reason that all this is so possible is because it's all a part of the overall corporate sonship, our individual respective victories count towards the whole of the body. It's not about me or you. It's about him and what he does through us all that gives victory to the body of Christ and healing to the nations and the cities and the towns, et cetera, et cetera. That's what this is about. It's bigger than us because it's the kingdom, the kingdom. So Thank you. Remember to do your giving and all that kind of stuff. Crystal, get me off because I can keep going and going and going. I love y'all. down and Lee. I'll see you um, Sunday or next week. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Good night.